We got we got a Vikings drop, a Bears drop, and a Packers drop. No Lions love. We don't What's have the, the Panthers one either. Why do we care about the Panthers? All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host on Twitter at Nonsense underscore Neil. Mr. Smith, how are we doing this evening? Oh, good as always. Good as always. You know it. No complaining, right? Yeah. So a ton of stuff that we need to run through today. First and foremost, we have a major show announcement to make. Uh, after some talks from the NFFC and a couple things that we've gone through here, we are now partnering with the Fantasy Football Evolution this season. So uh, shout out to, to FFE. Yeah. FFE. Love it. So there's some uh, some good fantasy dudes with a very interesting concept. Essentially, you're playing the first seven weeks of the season against computers. You're in a league against computers that you draft against. The draft takes, they said, like 20 minutes. So real interesting. You can run through it pretty quickly. You just have to go four and three or better in those first seven weeks against the computer to get to the second stage. And then stage two is from weeks eight to ten. The top 64 teams from there go to stage three. And the grand prize winner, after all that said and done, is $25,000. Pretty, pretty penny. Pretty penny. To Not say bad. Not bad at all. By so the way, part... by the way, Steve, before we move on, that is important to point out that because this is a little bit different, they have uh, put in mock drafts for this year. So you can practice this. Yes, they've added mock drafting this year. The championships in week 16, which uh, is new for this season, so... Yeah, it's an improved system. Like I said, it's a very interesting concept. As part of our marketing partnership with them, you can sign up for the Important Nonsense private competition. You can go head-to-head with me, with Neil, Nonsense Nation. Bring it! Show out. Let's see what you got. Uh, so check it out, fantasyfootballevolution.com. When you sign up for our private competition, not only do you get entered into our private competition, but you're automatically entered into the global competition as well as the local competition for your state. And there are different cash prizes for everything. Now, obviously, restrictions apply for the non-gambling states. If you're in an uh, ineligible state like Arizona, for example, you can still play along with us at a discounted rate. Normally, a team is $27 to buy in. If you're in a uh, non-gambling-allowed state, you can play for 10 bucks. So it's a pretty good deal. Uh, yeah, very excited to work with these guys. We're going to have more content coming up with that. Um, like I said, there's the 25K if you win the global competition. And there's, uh, depending on your state, the amount of people in the state, there's different prizes to win in the state. And, Neil, you know, we're having the private competition for all of us here. I feel like we should give a prize away. And it's it's going to be really difficult for me to have to part with it. But I think the most spectacular thing I have here that we can give away is this beautiful, one-of-a-kind, never-going-to-find-anywhere-else. I, I mean, this this lucky whitehead autograph, it just, oh, it's, it's, He's it's, a man the, of pri- people. it's the prize He's that everybody wants that you can't He's find anywhere else. You can't get this kind of rare memorabilia oh. anywhere Certainly but the important nonsense. No, not for $25 or anything. No. So th- this this Turn kind not. of rare memorabilia is something that we provide you here. 
at Important Nonsense. Just for you, Nonsense Nation. We love you. We love you. He went into the vault for that one. As we know, Steve has an extensive stash of NFL memorabilia, and he went deep into the right. archives. Lucky Whitehead specifically. Lucky Whitehead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 For you Dallas fans. Oh, what a rare treat for one of those to come onto the market. Oh, oh. my. Whew. By the so, way, uh, weirdly, shout out to the NFF, to the National Fantasy Football Convention, because we probably would have never met these guys if it wasn't for the NFFC. And we kind of threw some shade their way earlier this year with a not-so-flattering review. And, uh, meh, hey. Pay it meh sums it up right there. Meh is the perfect sum up. So with hey, that. you got to pay it forward. you got to pay it forward, you know. We are going to go into our news, get this thing rolling. First of all, got to pour one out for Sharknado. Ugh cut today by the Chiefs. He'll land on his feet somewhere for sure. We saw Sharknado at the NFFC, so uh, had, had to pour one out for our homie, Sharknado. He'll last. find work. He'll find yeah. work. Absolutely. Uh, quick hitters on injuries. Both Delaney Walker and T.Y. Hilton are dealing with minor injuries. They were out of practice last week and their second preseason games, but they both appear to be coming back to practice now, and they both appear on track to be playing for the regular season. More than anything, this is their teams being cautious about veteran guys that they're relying on. Just be cautious if you're drafting now, which we'd recommend you don't do. But if you are, just news for you. Yep, just keep an eye on it. Meanwhile, so Josh Gordon returns the prodigal son. He is back with the Browns, but he's not cleared to practice yet. Still in the NFL's, uh, what are they calling it now? Is that... Is that the the personal protocol, or is no? They've got like they're calling it the substance control or prevention thing now. Mm, It's mm. basically the commissioner exempt list. It it does it. it, He'll be back when he's back, is what it means. So this hurts the Dez one year prove a deal, as you wrote here. He had his meeting with Cleveland last week, but he walked away without a deal. Josh Gordon returning kind of puts them back on uh, on the back burner, as they said was the quote. People also seem to think that this hurts Jarvis Landry's value. I was telling you over the weekend there was a huge debate about do you want Tyreek Hill or Jarvis Landry, and I said it's kind of close, but I'd rather have Jarvis Landry. He's a guy I trust more. And the argument's being thrown at me, well, sure, now, because Gordon's not there. But when Gordon's back, like I don't know what you're talking about. I had them both in the top 20 anyway, assuming (laughs) they both played. So... The fact that he returns changes absolutely nothing for me, and if this helps Landry's value, then thank you, Josh Gordon. If that's what's going to happen, I will take it. I also had them right there, so yeah, that guy can get off my lawn with that whole argument. Like, <laughs> also, also, yeah, to borrow a phrase. However, uh, we'll get into Jarvis Landry a little bit more here. Uh, foreshadowing. 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 <laughs> Beautifully done. AP is back. The zombie has risen once again, signing a one-year deal with the R's, as my co-host loves to say. The reports from before this were that Capri Bibbs was now going to get a, a uptick in workload, all coming from the fact that Samaj Perine left the Skins game last week with an ankle injury. They say he will be sidelined for at least a week, probably ready to go by the beginning of the season. As I stated on Twitter when this first came out, you're hoping to get the Arizona Cardinals version of Adrian Peterson 
not the New Orleans Saints version. And if you think you're <laughs> going to be anywhere near the Minnesota Vikings version, you are delusional. Uh, so he's someone I would trust later in drafts more than Rob Kelly, more than Perrine when he gets back. All of that being said, all of that thrown out there, Rich Tandler of NBC Sports Washington is reporting Peterson's no lock to even make the 53-man final roster. He will have to earn his playoff spot here through the end of preseason. Hey, I mean, I saw that report as well. Uh, based on that, did you update uh, Peterson into your rankings anywhere? So I updated my rankings, but I updated them yesterday. As the news happened, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to add this in yet. So I'm still kind of letting the dust settle on this before I throw Peterson into my ranks. I do know he is current. He was being drafted anyway, just like Dez is being drafted anyway. Sure, sure. Um, that happens every That has obviously gone up since this, uh, since this news broke. Um, yeah, I, I haven't, like I said, when Geis first got hurt, Rob Kelly and Perrine on my ranks basically split a majority of the points I had going to Geis. So then when Perrine got hurt, it was an uptick for Kelly because he was more likely to see the touches. Now at this point, I would think Peterson's going to end up with a majority of it. Perrine and Kelly will still have a role. They'll still spell Peterson because of his age. But I, uh, like I said, I feel much more confident in taking Adrian Peterson than I would either of those other guys. But to be fair, I had Kelly and Perrine in the 40s at running back, so that's probably where I would slot AP at this point. Okay, you're close to where I am, because I was actually just basically going to suggest that Peterson probably gets himself somewhere into the 40s just based on the idea that he's got some sort of contract. It's hard to totally pin it down. It'd be interesting to see what happens in their next preseason game, if Peterson even suits up or what the story is there. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to peg a guy at his age as a uh, as an upside. Play. He's 33, and but, it, it, yeah, that's why I agree with you. In the Vikings days, are kind of delusional. Did you put anything into the Jay Gruden report that they basically signed him based on his workout that he put in there? That apparently he looked great. But that's Jay Gruden saying that. It, it's it's so hard to trust. Coach no, historically, speak. I don't trust anything a Gruden says. Just any no, Gruden that's, in general. And see, that's totally fair, by the way, gentle listener. Is that that's that's actually how you should approach that. But no, um, Adrian Peterson went out, suited up, and practiced with the first team the next day. So right, I'm not. I, I I have no issue with Peterson. Like I said, my thing with Adrian Peterson is that. I would gladly throw him on my bench because if it turns out he has more of a role than we're anticipating, he's probably an RB2. We had Geis as a low-end RB2. He, okay. he could be an RB2 if he had the so entire if, if he job. Gets, if he gets confident. that workload and the goal line stuff and you have a competent quarterback there and Alex Smith, which people seem to keep forgetting, he's going to get touches, he's going to get work, he'll put up points. He was relevant in Arizona when Arizona was a hashtag dumpster fire last year. So I, I yeah, find he it had hard a, to believe. He only had 400 yards, but he had like two really solid starts. Right. I find it hard to believe that in a similar situation in Washington with a better quarterback situation, and I mean, like I said, it's similar in the fact that both teams aren't great, but it's a better quarterback 
you can't argue that than what he was dealing with last year in Arizona. Oh, 100%. He could, yeah, he should 100%. at least be usable. Yo, Gabbert, Gabbert. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, yeah, it's a guy I'm certainly looking at. If you want to pay for the name Adrian Peterson in an earlier spot than RB 40 something, then, uh, you're welcome to have him. But I think you're otherwise, playing with fire. I think you're playing yeah. with serious fire. If Back you do end, that. but especially if I'm going zero RB, uh, yeah, he's a guy that I could target sure. that has potential upside later on in the draft. One other note on that is that their line is going to probably be atrocious again, just for whatever. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Just yeah. All right. Well, we talked about a little bit with the the uh, the Josh Gordon. Let's go into uh, our hard knocks review for the week, Neil. Episode three. Enjoy the event because it's not a show. I can still see Holmgren down there going, no, yeah. Okay, so the, the rumor is true. We just traded you. The best place to be is when expectations are high, and it starts with training camp. Blessing. 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 So, uh, the controversy around Tarad was the opening of the show this week and uh we had we talked about this in the past we talked yeah wasn't this a talking point last season that we had i feel like we've had this discussion about the tarot we have i don't know if it was on the show or off the show though that's why i hesitate to i don't know if this was you and i just talking online or if this was you and i on record actually having this conversation i mean either way yeah we've been saying tyrod taylor everybody's been saying tyrod taylor so it's tarod we now know tuh Instead of tie, whatever, it's fine. For what it's worth, he doesn't seem to care. He doesn't, but but yeah, we'd rather respect him, to that, give him the respect like, he deserves. But, so yeah, no, for real, it's to rock. That, I mean, doesn't that show you right there his character and the team player that he is? That he's just like, yeah, that's not my name, but whatever, call me whatever you want. I'm just here to play. Yeah, but for like, how many years has important nonsense been pumping up Tarod and saying that no, Buffalo just doesn't know what they have. And now Cleveland thinks they've got a rental. And I'm, I, I pray one day that he will end up in a Bronco uniform. I mean, I can easily tell you, like, I'm no major historian, but I can easily tell you that in the vast existing history of importantnonsense.com, we've been all over to Rod Taylor. He's, he's just such a solid team guy that he'll be your starter. He'll be your backup. He's, he could win you games. He knows how to run an offense, and he seems like he gets the respect in the locker room that he deserves. I just don't I also like why that the, the person that essentially broke this story care. was Broby. I like I like how the how how Brogan, who is every bit the bro that he claims to be. Oh yeah, his girlfriend even said that at the yeah. end of the show. His girlfriend's like, oh god, he's such a just oh, this is the whole thing. That I love that Broby is the one that broke the story, and uh, it it kind of went sent ripples through the Cleveland media. But on to hit the blessing drop again. Blessing battle. Blessing. The blessing battle between Jarvis Landry and Terrence Mitchell, and he was just so chippy with him the whole time, and that was the central point of the show too. It opened with it. It was a whole like they did so many different angles <laughs> of it that was yeah. pretty. Was pretty well, great. I thought he had a point. I thought Mitchell was holding. He was. He was, yeah, he was being like, very was chippy with him. Obvious. And then after the play, he was getting real chippy with him, too. And he kept, I just love how he kept telling him, who are you? Who are you? Yeah. 
Uh, that was good. We know who he is. I looked it up. He's yeah, been in the league for look five years, uh-huh. and he started right there. a handful of games. And Jarvis Landry is really, really good at football and was clearly frustrating him to the point where he impressed. felt that he had to hold and do other things like that, which ultimately resulted in him getting a football thrown at his head. And then Hugh Jackson's like, calm down, and then just walks away. Doesn't say anything. Just like, breathe, and then he smiles and walks away. It's because Tyrod's coaching the team. Excuse me, Tyrod. Yes, there you go. Already, already Tyrod. we're starting with this. Yes. It, it, well, it's gonna be, that's gonna, that's gonna be a learning curve. But Tyrod's clearly coaching the team. And then of course, you know, the, John Dorsey's favorite player on the team, Barker Mayfield, <laughs> that he was, <laughs> just roaming around the whole whole team. That was the uh, internet's favorite part of the entire episode. That was mine. Far, Come on. Was Barker. Barker Mayfield. Into various people's offices, and I've worked in offices with office dogs. That's very much the case. If they're good dogs, like like that dog appeared to be, because of the editing, we never know. That uh, I also like yeah, how it's nice. uh, it's relaxing. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Jackson around. was like, you, hey, "Did you see that dog? His name's like Quaker Mayfield or something." <laughs> And Baker's like, his name's Barker. He's like, oh, you know about it. You know the dog. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That's the uh, only yeah. piece of coaching Hugh Jackson's done all year. And, of course, Bob Wiley, Bob Wiley this episode. We we made fun of him before, but this one, he took a step up. Step up in this game. First he of all, has big, so many hot takes. Big, big shock. He hates stretching. That was the least surprising... Takes. That was the least surprising hot take of the entire episode. The stretching's overrated. Really? Wow, Bob. I didn't think oh, no. you would be down That's on not stretching. Even the hot take. That's the pre-hot take that leads <laughs> you into the greater hot take of do you think they had stretching in World War One and World War Two? <laughs> they won two World when Wars guys, without stretching. When guys, there was no stretching. They ran the wall. They did jumping jacks. They did push-ups and they did sit-ups, according to Bob Wiley. And nobody did any stretching with a rubber band. And there was no worry about sprinting across the beaches at Normandy. So, which leads me to believe oh, that either Bob Wiley so good. is a Andy Kaufman-level comedic genius, or a complete moron. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning toward the ladder, and then he showed up in a white Maserati. <laughs> and it just still, still with just, you. Just floored me. Also, the gif of him yelling the cadence to get the line to go, and his gut just <laughs> simultaneously shaking along with it, is perhaps the greatest thing on Twitter right now. If you haven't seen that, seek it out. It's just, it is mesmerizing. It is it is the train wreck you cannot look away from. It's almost gift of the year. It's in the competition so far. So Dez arrives for his meeting. Everybody talking about him in the building. He's saying hey to everyone, introducing himself, getting ready, getting ready to go to the barber, talking to John Dorsey, talking to Hugh Jackson. I honestly couldn't tell if he was excited to be there or desperate for a job. It's probably a good mix of both, I would think. Do we have the drop for little column A and little column B? <laughs> we might, no. we might, we might need that. My best takeaway from the whole Des visit though was when he's talking with Hugh and he's like, I'm new to this because he is. And, uh, Hugh's like, look, you're getting in when we're, we're going up. I mean, this is going to be the greatest turnaround in sports history. That, that's a bold statement. <sighs> I wish it wasn't, but it's, 
<laughs> and what do you what do you consider the the greatest turnaround in sports history if you're the Browns? Like you won nothing last year. So what three games? Is that the greatest turnaround in sports history? No. Well, no, wait. What do you mean the do you mean like the actual what is the greatest turnaround in sports history or like what, what is, is their definition? What do they consider what do they consider it to be? It's, I think it's two different things. <laughs> okay, well, what would you consider it to be? The Celtics playoffs? You want to point out the Cubs, but are you talking about year-over-year year turnarounds on history? I'm talking about the Browns. What do the Browns oh, have to do to make this the greatest turnaround in sports history? they got to make the playoffs? Go from 0-16 to a playoff team. Probably 9-7 and to make the playoffs, yeah. Like if they if they go to the first round of the playoffs and get blown out in the wild card, is it the greatest turnaround ever? They have to win a they playoff might, game. They they might consider it that because you went to the playoffs. So that's their standard. Went yeah. to the playoffs. You didn't specify what they did in the playoffs. <laughs> you didn't specify that part. Well, at this at this point, because the Bills, the Bills went last year, haven't they been? Haven't, aren't they I the longest said, stretch now without the uh, without a playoff berth? Uh, yeah, birth, because the Bills, I think, are still 22 years without a playoff victory. Right, but they've been now, yeah. But they've been now, yes. So I think now the Browns might take their slot in terms of birth, because it's been a hot second. But then, didn't the Browns make the playoffs that Peyton Hill is here? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I thought they went late. They didn't they go ten? Didn't they go 10-6 and six and miss the playoffs one year? That was the Peyton Hillis year, because it was the only year they've ever been close. That was like 2010. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wasn't that with Brandon uh, Whedon? I'm super efficient on air Googling. All right, there you go. Anyway, speaking That's of the Bills, they played the Browns this week in preseason. pay for gentle listener. <laughs> the Browns ran the ball 19, pretty well in 19, the game. Nope, nope, nope. Before I, before I step on my own tongue, please go ahead. Okay, I'll try. Browns ran the ball well in the game. Last year, Bills were the worst run D in the NFL, so that's kind of expected, and it's against base packages. So, uh, Landry now, second time cracked back, blocked somebody. So, I mean, he's got a temper about it. He's got all kinds of penalties. They are a penalty-riddled team out there. That was, uh, it was sloppy football, to say the absolute least. Baker looked solid again, though. So. Terod looked good. Jarvis looked good making plays. Defense actually looked decent on the first couple of drives, too, but it was against the Bills, so what can you really take away from that? Just by the way, the Browns' last playoff appearance was 2002, so apparently that was correct. They went 10-6 and six yep, told you. and yep. missed the playoffs with Peyton Hillis. But, uh... Yes! Thank you, sir! There we go. Thanks. Gloat more. So I was right about that, but I'll give you credit. You were right last week. Uh, it is Picayune. Yeah! So, the great debate! Yeah, the, uh, the correction. I wanted to make sure you knew you got that right. I yeah. knew I've been saying that word right my whole life. I knew I had that. That's why that was genuine shock in my voice, by the way. <laughs> Usually I'm being sarcastic, but I was genuinely like, really? Like, I know. By the way, little touchdown, Baker. That was my number one out of all the QBs coming in, Steve. You know I called that with you. That yep. guy appears to have the talent and the necessary mindset, the chip on his shoulder of a guy that was a walk-on at two major college programs and is now going to walk on at the worst NFL team ever. <laughs> right. And if anybody if anybody can fix it, I sort of am starting to even more come around to the idea that I've postulated before 
that I think it's this guy. You were the chosen one! 5'11", as long as they can somehow manage to not get him hurt, I feel like he's the best quarterback prospect they've had possibly ever. Do you disagree with any of what I'm saying? Nope. You're spot on. Best QB they've had since Terod Taylor. (laughs) Damn right. Uh, And then uh, Josh Gordon, of course, arriving at the airport. The foreshadowing. Hard knock shadow foreshadows like no one else. They know how to do it. Just like with the Corey Coleman trade, they know what they're doing. So it'll be interesting to see how they blend him in now. If he's not able to practice, how much... uh, because clearly they had a, a crew with him the whole time, or at least ready for him the whole time. Yeah, clearly. I mean, they showed him picking up his bags. He was wearing that yeah. Angels hat. So uh, how they integrate him into the uh, the show going forward, I think, will be really interesting. But that's it for Hard Knocks this week. So now that's dust off a drop we haven't been able to use in a while, Neil. We're gonna go in a vacuum. Shh! You wanna get sued? In a vacuum. That is right. That is right. We are back. We are back in a vacuum. And this year in a vacuum is going to work a little bit differently. Thank you for the woo. The one woo on Twitter. So what's happening is... (laughs) So what's happening is, this week, we have the long-awaited, much-anticipated, much-commiserated breakdown of Derrick Henry versus Deion Lewis, just in time for you to hit those draft rooms. Spoiler alert, we went through this a couple weeks ago in great detail for, I want to say, conservatively a half an hour. So I'm just going to suffice it to say that we have Derrick Henry rated higher than Deion Lewis, a man that effectively has played one 16-game season in a seven-year career. There's a lot more to it than that. The man affectionately known as the human ACL injury. There you go. Not untalented. Only plays at 195. We get into this entire thing in the article. I've got a five-page breakdown. It is comprehensive across the opportunity that presents Derrick Henry to have actually really solid fantasy numbers, considering that for a lot of reasons, he should be the guy in Tennessee this year. Check it out. Post it now. Book it. Next week, we're going to break into, just like last year, Right in time for draft, we're going to break into those QB comps for people like me that are allergic to spending a high price on QB. And with that, I say we go on let's go into the microscope. That's, that, you know what? That's good idea. Let's go on in the microscope. Under the microscope. A microscope is an optical instrument used to magnify objects. Under the microscope. Simple as they are, the microscope is no toy. Under the microscope, into the friendship running zone. Under the microscope. Under the microscope, double under the microscope this week. First of all, in a traditional Under the Microscope, make sure you go to the Under Microscope section on the page. Check out the Wide Receiver Advantage article on there that I just posted today. 
Check that out. Talking about zero RB, two RB, RB heavy strategies to use when you are heading into your draft. Make a plan, have a strategy, but be willing to adapt. So check it out under the microscope. And putting divisions under the microscope, we will continue to do as we have all preseason. This week, it is the NFC North, Neil, the old Norris division, if you will. Our homeland, our home and native land. And we are going with... Breaking out the horn. The, the Vikings. First of many. Hit it again. Hit it again. Hit it again. Just, just to... Just get get everybody used to it. Get everybody used to it. So by week and week 10 for the Vikes, QB, oh wow, they got a new QB? I had no idea, never heard of him. Kirk Cousins? No. Hmm, that can't be right, that's gotta be a typo. Never heard of him. Uh, 78 no. overall in consensus. Peterman? No, definitely not. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> QB 8 in the ranks, he's going at QB 9 in ADP. Spoiler alert. The one that's creeped ahead of him is Andrew Luck. So, Kirk Cousins, what are your feelings this season? I've got him at 11. I'm lower than consensus and ADP. I do like the talent. I always have. I've always been a Kirk Cousins guy. You like that? You like that? But with the defense, I feel they're going to run the ball more as opposed to passing the ball more like he was chucking it around like crazy in Washington. And I agree with that to a point. However, I think... If we take a very limited view of this, I actually have him at eight. I think you could make the argument for him at 11, obviously, because I clearly am way too high. But I actually have him at eight because I think at some point you might see a depletion of the running game, such as it were. And I think that they also have a very, very talented core. So I'm actually willing to go ahead and go with Kirk Cousins at eight. I think that's fine. Running back Dalvin Cook. Going 19 overall, sorry, rated at 19 overall, RB11. He's going 14 overall. Oh, yeah. RB10. Big daddy. People love them, that Dalvin Cook. I've got him at RB12. Clearly, I'm an insane person, and I will never own Dalvin Cook. I do love the talent. I love the situation. I continue to not like their offensive line, despite the improvement from last season. I do think they will run him a lot, though, and get him a lot of uh, passes out of the backfield. The question here is, can he sustain health, and will Latavius Murray steal some touches from him? He's got Vulture written all over him. Sure, and that's a perfect role for Latavius Murray at this point, because we know Latavius Murray has the kind of degenerative knee issue that has plagued him his entire career, which is why the Raiders did not want to pay him all that money. But if he's going to back up Dalvin Cook, that's a first-class vulture right there if he doesn't have to have the full job because he's a big guy, and we've seen him, even in the preseason this year, make some significant moves. This is why we were out on him last year because the price tag was insane. The price yeah, there tag was a report Murray now is effectively free. There was a report last week that Murray and Cook would basically be a committee Cook was going to start at a 60-40 split, and once he's up to 100%, it'll be closer to 80-20. I still believe Latavius Murray is the guy they're going to be willing to throw his body at the goal line, as Correct. opposed to Dalvin Cook, who's going to be their speed guy up and around. Unless we so, forget Latavius Murray cannot catch. Yes. Uh, Murray is an interesting streamer on the back end because of the vulture status, but that's it. you got to hope he falls into the end zone. He's your Hail Mary guy, if you want him. He's Like you said, he's... 
not quite free, but he's way back into the draft. He's currently My going entire, 142. The greater point that I'm going to make here is, just to overshadow everything, is if you want to take Dalvin Cook there, I'm actually not going to fight with you about it. That's fine. If you do that, you probably want to take Latavius Murray as an actual handcuff this year. It's one of a handful of handcuffs across the entire NFL. However, based on their respective prices and based on what I think would happen if Dalvin Cook was to actually get hurt again, it may be worth your – I think it's very much worth your time to consider that option. Wide receiver got a hell of a duo. Adam Thielen, 26 rated. He's the number 12 rated wide receiver. He's going at wide receiver 12. Steph Diggs, 14 in ratings, he's going at 13. So they're going 12-13 back-to-back at wide receiver. I have Thielen at 10. I have Diggs at 15. So I have them slightly more separated. But on average, I'm I'm at this, I'm in the same spot for the Vikings wide receiver core. Yeah, and I have I have Thielen at 11, and I have Diggs at 14. So. So all the way around, we agree. Same exact range for everybody. So really, no discussion point there. Yeah. Tight end, it is Kyle Rudolph. He is uh, ranked and going at tight end 8. I'm down on Rudolph at 10, and I'm going to be honest. I have him rated at 10 because of his projected points. But if I'm in that range of tight end, there's no way I'm taking Kyle Rudolph. He's one of the guys that I have the little skull and crossbones next to on my draft sheet that I'm looking at, and I'm saying, I I don't want this guy because as I have told you, while Kirk Cousins does does love to check down to the tight end, there's no doubt about that. We've seen that over time, and he will have a role on this offense for sure. Kyle Rudolph's number one injury history, and number two, the fact that they have the worst tight end schedule in the league this year is enough to scare me away when I'm in an area of guys like Trey Burton, who we'll talk about in a little bit, Jack Doyle, George Kittle, Guys in that area that I'm much more interested in than uh, Kyle Rudolph this season. You want to talk about waiting for Jake Budd? It's, it's, the greatest, I mean, it's the greatest fantasy thing we've ever done. It's great. It's the greatest sleeper in the history of sleepers. So. Mommy! Vikings defense is elite. Do uh, you have anything to add on Rudolph or good on that? No, no. You're spot on on Rudolph. If you're going with Rudolph, I get it. I'm but I would heed my colleague's words of warning there on the schedule because it is not amazing and it isn't a little bit of an adjustment. And I know Kyle Rudolph will bone me in the fantasy playoffs like he does every year. And that's all I have to add on Kyle Rudolph. Uh, I also mentioned there the little skull and crossbones on the sheet. Check out my cheat sheet that I have updated and is on the website. We have both updated our it ranks has and they are live. It it's, tiered. it's tiered out. I've got overall and positional ranks on there. I made it look nice and pretty for you, just for you guys. It so. looks just like the ESPN one. No, no, no. looks better. Well, it's got tiers. Exactly. Uh, Vikings defense, as I said, is elite. They're ranked at two. They're going at three because the public loves the Rams more, and I can't blame them. I also have the Vikings at three and the Rams at two, so... Yeah, Vikings, they're elite, but they're a defense I'd have to reach for, and I never reach for defenses, so I'm never going to... I have the Vikings at four. They won't be part of my streaming defense article. (laughs) Good point. Good point. There you go. The Detroit Lions, bye week, number six. We don't have a drop for the Lions. You notice that? 
We got we got a Vikings drop, a Bears <laughs> drop, and a Packers drop. No Lions love. We don't What's have the Panthers that? one either. Why do we care about the Panthers? My point was we don't have. A, they're the only NFC North Why team do that we don't the have. They're, they're the, the only NFC North anyway. team that we don't have a drop for. Is my point. We we'll got get all the Lions other ones. Drop. You're dignifying the Lions. In fact, now that Kirk Cousins has switched over to the Vikings, we have two Vikings drops. Now it's just That's loaded with Vikings drops. That's kind of gratuitous. All right, we got to get a Lions drop. Fair enough, you've made your point. I mean, the closest thing we have to a Lions drop is... Get your together! They got to get it together. But otherwise, it's... I um, wish the public airways would allow us to play the rest of that. <laughs> so week, week six is the Lions buy... Matt Stafford is ranked and going at QB 10. I have Matt Stafford at 9. So I've always been a Matt Stafford fan. This is probably the same range he's always in. If you just look at it historically, he's going to give you basically what he always has. So uh, if you can get Matt Stafford at that price, I'm good with it. No complaints. Which is 4,000 yards, quite a few touchdowns, a few more picks than you might like. I've got him at 11. And that's just convergent of how deep QB is this year. But check out the potential QB streamer thing because I think Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford is once again a live guy, kind of like I.E. Philip Rivers, a guy who gets no respect. Carry on Johnson at running back, ranked at running back 28, going at running back 29. I currently have Carry on at 36. I moved him up to that point. I still won't own him uh, at that price. But look, it's just. First of all, it's a Lions running back, so I can't trust it. Second of all, it's a rookie. Ooh, double whammy. And then third of all, he's looked okay, but not spectacular in camp and preseason. So for the, for the price tag you're asking me to pray to uh, to pay for that, I'm out. Yeah, for many of those same reasons, I haven't quite bought in on the carry-on Johnson hype train. I still have him down in the mid-30s. It's not so much that he hasn't looked good. I don't know what to do with the Lions backfield with anyone that isn't named Theo Riddick. So that brings us to our next question. What do you do with Theo Riddick? He's ranked at 44. He's going at 50. I have him at 62. And that's because I have him at a lower tier. Because when you're in that area of the draft, like I said, always go by tiers. And he's... He's after the tier of guys that I have that are younger upside plays who could turn into the guy. Theo Riddick's going to get you consistent points. In fact, last year he was one of the more consistent guys in fantasy football. But I think he's dealing with LeGarrette Blunt now and on Johnson instead of just Amir Abdullah that he had to deal with before. So he's not going to get as much run. He won't be as involved as he was. And yes, he'll get you points, but is he ever going to be the guy? No. No, but that's not why I want Theo Riddick, and that's why I see this differently than you. Theo Riddick, in my mind, has cemented a different job than Carrion Johnson, LeGarrette Blunt, and Amir Abdullah. I think Theo Riddick this year is going to be the third down guy. And well, I he's think always the third down guy. Well, he's yeah, I know, but that's all he's going to do. So I'm not worried about Theo Riddick with virtually any carries with three giant bodies ahead of him. I think Theon, Theo Riddick is the only one of those guys that can actually catch. And so that's why I think Theo Riddick will have a role. And he's actually proven that out a little bit in the preseason where he's been getting some run in that exact role where he comes out 
mostly on third down, which is why I have Theo Riddick fairly low, not quite 62, but I've got Theo Riddick uh, 40. And I think he uh, is going to stand the beneficiary of being basically the only Hold guy on. that Did comes out with the hurry up. you say you have Theo Riddick at 40? Yeah. So you're higher on him than the consensus and the ADP. Correct. Man, you love some Theo. Shot call. I do. That is a, a shot, shot call. call right I there. I think Theo Riddick has earned himself a job, whereas the other three guys are going to murder each other to get wow. the rest of the job. And I'm. this is one of those things, Steve, that you may end up eating your words later on in the year. You may, you may hate this, but that's what I've seen so far. That's what everything I know leads me to believe is that Theo Riddick is actually going to have himself a little bit of a role. He, I know he has a role. He's always had a role. That's always been his role. My point is, when I'm in that like 40 to 50 range that he's going in now, if I'm drafting Theo Riddick, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get a great bench player. I'm going to get a great guy to throw in my lineup on bye weeks, and that's all I'm ever going to get. I would rather take a guy who's a backup or at least in a committee of some sort that I can grab and could potentially be the guy and is a lottery ticket for me later than a guy like Theo Riddick that I'm going to use maybe two times before I cut for somebody off of waivers. Well, that's fine. I just think that you and I see Theo Riddick's role effectively, quote-unquote, differently in terms of what I assign his actual production numbers to be responsible for. And that's where so I you're think saying... you and I are experiencing this disconnect. I think he's yeah. going to catch a huge amount of passes. Like, oh, no, a, I know he'll catch passes. I, that's all I'm expecting him to do. It's just that in a PPR league, that's That's his help. whole value. Yeah, in that's standard, he's useless. That's all I want him for, but I don't yeah. want him to do anything else, and I don't think they're going to ask him to do anything else in this offense anymore. So that's why I have Theo Riddick rank, ranked where I do. I'm willing to be wrong on this. This is one of those areas where I'm willing to step out onto a limb because I think that's what's happening. And I will acknowledge that saying this with a Lions running back is – the equivalent of dousing yourself in gasoline and holding a match directly in like front of Like I said, I know eye. the production is there. I mean, last year he finished as, I think it was RB24. 24 or 25. Right he was in, in that, that range. range. I believe it was 24, actually, is yeah, what it so was. He was. Yeah, he was a and, back-end RB2, high-end flex. Yeah. He's always had I value. Think, and I think that's... But part of that value from last year was with the injuries to Abdullah and all that last year, he was getting runs as well. He was he was the I'm, guy at some point, and that's just never going to happen tell again. You, I'm overly not concerned. That's fine. This is one of those areas where I'd be willing to do a a wager of some kind with you, because I I feel pretty strongly about this one, and I didn't go out here on a limb without being willing to double down on it. So by the way, Blunt like, and Abdullah are useless. Don't take Blunt or Abdullah. Thank you. Okay, yeah, to move off running back, total useless. Steve and I may have a side bet on Theo Riddick this year. That's how deep this may have gone. Uh, Golden Tate, wide receiver. He's going at 22, ranked at 18. I'm super high on Golden Tate this year. I've got him at 11. I buy into it. I'm at 15. I'm good. Yeah, I'm like, super I, high on Golden Tate. I love the pass catching. I think catching. they're going to put him out he's there gonna in He's going to have flex. a role. He's they, always they been. They three wide receiver sets than anyone. He's going to play flex. It's great. He's always been their red zone guy the tight end yeah. basically over the middle because they don't have a true tight end. And with Ebron no. gone, do you trust Luke Wilson? No. Nope. So, and we can actually yeah, skip over tight. the tight end position now because that was it. 
<laughs> Marvin Jones ranked at 22, going at 24. Uh, I got him at 22. I'm in the same range. So again, just like with the Vikings, I have two uh, wide receivers on this roster fairly high up because I think they're going to pass the ball a lot. They run more three wide receiver sets than anyone in the NFL. I don't know how many more times I have to get into that's why I believe in theoretic. They're, this is what they do. They deploy that way. It's it's this whole thing. Like, they, they get into this whole damn thing. I have him at 22. Like, Marvin Jones will be fine. I've seen all kinds of stuff on Kenny Galladay, by the way, which I have a feeling is where you're going to go next. So we're both right in line on Marvin Jones. What yeah, do you have Kenny, Kenny Galladay is a flyer. If, if uh, he's someone you can get later in the draft, if you're looking for a wide receiver flyer that has wide receiver upside, it's him. He's a guy that could end up as a starter in the right role and situation with that team. So if he gets consistent playing time and targets, uh, Kenny Galladay certainly worth a stash on your bench for at least uh, first half of the season, I would say. I would think he's also next man up case of injury. So it's a waiver wire name to know. Yep. Uh, Luke Wilson, like you said, skip over. Lions defense, we can also basically skip over because they're yep. fairly useless. Let's move on. So as we mentioned earlier, Neil, this season we're partnering with FFE. Fantasy Football Evolution is back for the 2018, and it is better than ever. You spoke, they listened. They've added mock drafting, moved the championship final to NFL Week 16, and made setting up a private competition a snap. Join Neil, myself, and thousands of others to play the game you love, as it was meant to be played. FFE's unique three-stage format delivers the best of season-long fantasy football without the never-ending drafts or late-season absentee owners, which is the worst. It also avoids waiver-wire antics that can develop in traditional leagues. You can play as an individual or be the commissioner of your own private league. You'll get 16 weeks of action for just $27. You could be the next FFE $25,000 champion, and I'm no mathematician, but if you buy in for 27 and you win 25,000, I mean, that's almost a thousand times your investment. And that's pretty solid. Maximize your chances by owning multiple teams. Optional auto draft and lineup assist can help you manage them with ease. It's all here. So what are you waiting for? Register now at fantasyfootballevolution.com and join the evolution. Availability varies by states. Visit the website for details. If you're in Arizona, don't add us. <laughs> Packers by week in week seven. You done messed up, Aaron. Aaron, one of one. One at of the one. QB position. I've Woo. got him at two, so Ooh. I mean I'm not going to debate you on it. Doesn't matter. Nope, irrelevant. Jamal Williams, the highest ranking running back, ranked 37, going 37. I've got him at 39. I'm in line with it. Not much to discuss there. I'm also right in line with the ADP of Montgomery, who's going at 42. Aaron Jones is going at 40, and I've got him at 49, building in the suspension. How do you see the running game there? Nope. A lot in line with that. It has a lot to do with the Aaron Jones suspensions. Uh, if you're interested in a later round guy, I think you could do worse than Aaron Jones, incidentally. So it is very much that kind of thing. Uh, I have Ty Montgomery at 35, and that's running back, obviously. And I have Jamal Williams at 37. But 
the one that interests me the most is Aaron Jones because I think I could get him in a lot of drafts. It's unfortunate that he's now being drafted at 40, but I think that could be a very interesting name for down the stretch because I think somebody might draft him and then be frustrated or have to cut him, and that's a guy that I would want to know just as we move forward. Devontae Adams ranked at 8, going at wide receiver 7. Um, high on Devontae this year. I got him at 5. Do you have any notes on Devontae Adams? I think we can just move past it. Other than Devontae's a beast? No. Randall Cobb is an interesting one to me. Uh, ranked 35, going 39. I have Cobb 47. I, I don't like his role in the offense. I don't think he's going to be a big factor. And rumors are they have been shopping him on the trade market to see if anybody's willing to take him off their hands. If he did, were to change teams, depending on situation, he still has something left in the tank. Uh, I just don't like him in the current role he's on. I'm actually going to be dropping Randall Cobb based on the same reports that I think you saw of them shopping him uh, and the foot injury that he's been dealing with basically for his whole career. Uh, yeah, I have him rated fairly high right now, but that is actually subject to change. Uh, it's very frustrating because I think he actually is very talented, but it's just one of those things. Geronimo Allison currently going in the 70s. I'm not a big Geronimo fan, and we all know why. It's because my boy, yes. Equinemia is St. Brown. I'm just going to... Sleeper alert. Sleeper alert. Floor. Ranked at 101. He's currently going ADP at 121. 380 overall, so he's basically not being drafted. He is free if you want him, and I want him. I got Equinemia St. Brown at 56. You heard it. You heard it. 56. Shot call. Equinemius <laughs> is going to have a role on this roster, especially if they're willing to dump Randall Cobb to give him more playing time. He will be the guy that you can claim off of waivers or you can draft in the 16th round and will come out of nowhere to help your team. So just, I'm, listen, Nonsense Nation, I'm telling you right now, just Equinemius St. Brown will be this season's Cooper Cup. You will hear me talk about him every single this week. Is just Steve's prepare yourself camp, mentally. Darling. This is Steve's camp guy from the draft, from the womb to the tomb. This is this is Steve's this is Steve's Just baby. Just be prepared. Be ready. This is gonna be. It's my Marquise Lee. It's his white whale. It's Equinemia St. Brown. Great cash, homie. <laughs> Tight end. It is Jimmy Graham, and of course, because his name uh, is Jimmy uh, Graham, he's ranked at seven, but he's going at tight end four. Stop trying to make Jimmy Graham a thing. It's beginning of the that's year. That's the drop we need right that, there. Yeah, that's it. Oh, man. Yeah. No, that's oh, that's solid. The entire Jimmy Graham thing is insane. It, it, it's like people don't watch football. Packers it's, tight ends never work have out. No idea what's going on there. Unbelievable. Packers defense also traditionally doesn't so much work out. So yes, sir. Not, hashtag not a fan. I mean, I've got, look, I've got them at 10, which is the back end of starters. However... That is literally because once you get beyond, I believe it's like defense eight, the difference between nine and 22 is like five projected points. So Pretty much. That's because nobody... It's just a whole cluster. Predicting defenses is an art form, Steve. Well, I'm not a very good artist, apparently. <laughs> Last but certainly not least... Go Bears! Or maybe least. Uh, the, uh, the week five bye week for the Bears... The biggest question mark here about the Bears QB is, is it Mitch or Mitchell? That's the biggest question mark about him. 
Well, they got him listed on the Bears website as Mitch. It, it's, He's listed on most fantasy sites as Mitch, but others have it as Mitchell, and it's really yeah. annoying. Have some it's consistency. Like Tarod. Yes, it's Tarod all over again. So uh, Mitch Trubisky, 22 in the ranks, 21 in ADP. I got him at 18. Again, he's in that back tier of guys who are worth a shot if he because he could be this year's Jared Goff. He, he could come out of nowhere to be productive. I'm not saying he's going to be a top-five guy, but he could be a back-end starter, give you production on a week-in, week-out basis, especially if they're constantly playing from behind. Yeah, I have little Mitchie football at 18 because I actually think that they might be on to something here based on what they're trying to build with flexible tight ends, deep threats, Tariq Cohen. It it resembles something I've seen have success in the past, albeit in a limited fashion. Jordan Howard uh, ranked at 15, going at 14. I've got him at 11 because I love me some Jordan Howard yes, this do. season. I think he's got a strong role on that team. He's going to be able to rack up yards. Running backs in that Kansas City offense, man, they can put up points. So it's a fantasy-friendly offense. That's what Matt Nagy's bringing into the Bears. And I think uh, he, he's going to have himself a good year. He he was a RB1 drafted last year, and because of John Fox being a horrible coach, <laughs> he, he didn't pan out in that area. I think uh, I think with Matt Nagy there now, Jordan Howard has a turnaround back to the value he was at last season. It's entirely possible. I'm a little bit lower than Jordan Howard on, well, you and the ADPs, frankly. I'm at like 16. But Howard is fine. Uh, it's just a little bit nervous about the workload that Tariq Cohen's going to have, which in many ways flies in the face of my Dion Lewis argument. However, Tariq Cohen is not proven to be as injury prone, but we will see as what happens throughout the course of this year. I just think that there's going to be a role for both of these guys and both of it's going to be significant and it's a little bit of a hedge. I acknowledge that, but I appreciate you actually being willing to go nuts forward with, uh, with Howard. Do you have anything spectacular in mind for Cohen? He's ranked 31 going 34. I've got him at 29. I'm higher in general on the entire backfield for the bears. Like I said, running backs in that KC style offense. Nope. I got no argument for you. I mean, I really do not. Wide receiver Allen Robinson coming over from uh, the Jags. Ranked at 20, going at 21. I've got him at 19. The only concern here is coming back from the ACL. Otherwise, he will be productive. We've seen him be dominant in the past. For the record, I have Tariq Cohen at 31. That's what that silence was, viewers. I was Googling. <laughs> His own ranks. Get yeah, there Get you go. Going. There you go. Mid-season form. mid season form already anthony miller ranked at 57 going at 57 and i have him at 44 i'm pretty high on anthony miller he's got the talent he's got the role in the offense that he could emerge as another alshon jeffrey like we saw come out of the bears offense a few years ago and see this is where you and i will differ slightly because i actually have alan robinson at 16 a little bit higher on alan robinson than them i'm aware of the injury and i'm aware of the bad season coming off it but this is a guy that I think is going to have that kind of Tyreek Hill type of role, and it's going to be a little bit streaky, but they're going to be taking some deep shots out of this offense. Anthony Miller, I'm pretty much right in line with you. I think he's got the secondary role. I think he's shown that he's got the skill set, and it almost makes 
the addition of Taylor Gabriel, in my eyes, kind of irrelevant. And Kevin White has been irrelevant for three years. Yeah, Taylor Gabriel and Kevin White, I don't want. Kevin White's ADP is going up for some reason. Once again, stop trying to make that a thing. Yep. Trey Burton, another big free agent acquisition in the offseason. Ranked at 9, going as 10. I have him at 9. The way things were going early on, I thought I'd never own Trey Burton. The last four or five mocks, I've been able to grab him in the 10th round. Yep. Like people keep passing on him. It's I've crazy. been experiencing the exact same thing. That he is still available there, and that at that price tag, I'm actually very comfortable with it. Like I said, he's in the same range as Kyle Rudolph, yet I'd much rather have Trey Burton. Especially from what we've seen in the preseason. Adam Shaheen has always been a flyer-type guy that I'd like to see produce at tight end, but now you're going to really have to hope to either he get also a Burton has a foot injury, injury. He also yeah, has or, a, yeah. or a two-tight end set. So uh, Trey Burton, uh, that's part of the reason why I'm so comfortable with him in that 10 type spot and what's crazy with him too is just like with travis kelsey from kc burton has been playing a lot of slot he's gonna their, be playing uh, a lot of that offense. Sets, i think they so. want to make him travis kelsey and yep. i think he might actually be able to do it he's he's not bad he's pretty talented as we saw in the super bowl and this preseason bears defense going at 15 ranked at 15 i've got him at 11 again they're in that cluster of defenses back there that are interesting but I don't really want. Yeah, I mean, I've got them at about ten. It's, it's, it's. Again, it's just kind of a, it's a melange. Go Bears! Love you, some Bears defense. Love. Them. Good old Bears. So next week we will finish up NFC West. We can talk about Thank a lot God. of top tier players. Yeah. I mean, Todd Gurley. Yep. We might do a dive into Steve's PFF league by that point, where he's he's just slain at the wide receiver position. So many leagues to juggle in that one. So just that'll be interesting. Another week of hard knocks. And, uh, of course, more music news. for the important more nonsense podcast next week provided by is, uh, Next weekend is the most Genie drafted weekend in all of uh, Thank fantasy you for listening. Yep. Be sure to keep up yep. with the latest this content time of the year. Nonsense. We've got com. the QB comparisons that we'll be doing next week as well. It's the jam-packed show because we're getting into, like you said, the busiest time in fantasy football season. So until next week, everybody, make sure you check us out at Nonsense underscore Steve, at Nonsense underscore Neil, at Important Nonsense on the Fantasy Life app, always on ImportantNonsense.com. Check out FantasyFootballEvolution.com. More information on our site and theirs. Join our league. Play against us. Let us beat you. Or otherwise, I mean, if you want to win this rare, unbelievable, lucky whitehead photo. I mean, once I mean, again, just... What just collection the, would possibly uh, be complete without this greatest. lucky whitehead? Oh, it's just the, the rarest of treasures. So until next week, everybody, just keep up the nonsense. Have a week.